I could have Tim Tams. Yeah, Tim Tams were a dollar eighty, and I was like, "Damn it!" I had to, I had to force myself to walk past those today. Something, like, even if you don't feel like it, something you're going. It's criminal to walk past a dollar eighty Tim Tams. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how much is a loaf of bread? Oh, you can get them like eighty cents. Well, sorry, how out of touch with the common man are you? I don't well, see. I don't, I don't eat bread. I'm I'm gluten, right, I'm gluten free now, and I feel amazing. <laughs> you, you, your bog standard loaves between. No, no, seriously. Three fifty. Three fifty. Something like that. Three fifty. Yeah. All right, I'm just gonna go and buy a pack of Tim Tams for a dollar eighty, mate. You make sandwiches out of Tim Tams and still be better off. Progressive Rugby League. It's Progressive Rugby League time again. Uh, we're here, ready, raring to go to talk rugby league at you in a progressive fashion, of course. I'm the Slug. With me is Big Al. Hello. And Jono. G'day. Uh, fellas, how are you feeling this week? Well, can I tell you? I'm feeling so relaxed. You I, are? I am stress-free. I don't have a care in the world. You're wearing a lovely peach shirt. Yeah, Is that contributing? Yeah, I'm wearing a peach shirt. I've That's got reflecting. A, I've got a, a button, an undone button lower than I normally do. Because, wow. Like, guys, what a, what a wonderful world we live in. It's just it's not a care, not a worry. And you know why? Tell me. Finally, the Tigers have bundled themselves <laughs> out of the finals race. And, oh, it is just... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The Warriors made sure... That there's still a glimmer of no, light. Yeah, that's whilst, right. Whilst there's always mathematical chances, come on, in reality, they're gone. And you know what? It's it's amazing. And I finally feel free enough to enjoy the final two weeks of the season. You know, go along, give them all my support. They'll always have my support. But that, like, sort sure. of Damocles hanging over my head, it's gone. Okay, so let's, let's say next week the Warriors lose. I think they're playing Penrith. They lose by, let's say, 12 points, mm-hmm. and the Tigers beat Manly by, I don't know, 16 points. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, how are you going to feel then? Look, the Tigers <laughs> are four points behind, Yes, and with a points differential of negative 44. The two teams that could potentially fall to the Tigers, being the Broncos and the Warriors, are four points ahead, and with a points differential, I think the lowest one is positive 10. Mm. So that's that's... This is not going to happen, and that's, need, and that's need, great. We that's need a really, Super League score. Yeah, <laughs> we're not sort of championship here. Championship, so. yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what, it took me a while to get to this point. I did go through some... some uh, highs and lows. Some highs and lows over the weekend. Of course, I, I went to Leichhardt Oval on Saturday afternoon, and it was a packed house like it mm. always is. Um, but, yeah, I guess what, when I left the ground, I came to realise that, uh, as Jono's been saying all season, Leichhardt Oval, mate, it's no fortress. In fact, Absolutely not. It's, what was once a fortress is now a tar pit. It's <laughs> slow and suffocating and it, it draws you in and you can't escape and it's, it's just uh, it's not the place it used to be. So their, their record now is eight from the last 20 games. That's yeah. like... Come on. So is your reflection that Leichhardt Oval is a cesspit? <laughs> no, I've always said that Leichhardt Oval is a physical cesspit, right. but it's a spiritual uh, you know, utopia. Right. Mm. Now... Did you lead yourself to believe that the Tigers would win that game against the Dragons? Oh, well, <laughs> I, being a seasoned Tigers fan, I fully expected 
them to lose, but right. I dreamed that they wouldn't. Right. But when, when, like, you could see after, like, I know what, what certain um, certain behaviors during a game can predict the outcome for me really easily. So five knock-ons, you know, in the, in the first twenty minutes within like seven meters of the line means, oh, cool, great, we're going to lose yeah. this game. Well, not, at least I know now. Like, yeah. I know at this point. Yeah. That's not five coincidences. <laughs> that's that's representative of something. Yeah, right? I know what's going on yeah. here. And uh, so the rest of the game was no surprise. It was like it was a dud game. Both teams played yeah. pretty awful. And to be fair, like must-win games are not the Tigers' strength. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, must win yeah. games very well. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably what's gotten into why Leichhardt has become such a, a non-event for the Tigers in terms of um, home ground advantage now, is because they always seem to have you know meaningful games mm. at Leichhardt. There's so. such expectation, isn't there? That, yeah. From the players, especially because I think there was a poll recently. You know, which suburban ground do you like to play at the most? And by a mile, it's like not only the Tigers players, but every player. So, mm-hmm. so for the Tigers players, there's this expectation. Oh, we really want to do well at Leichhardt. We can't wait to play at Leichhardt. And there's great expectation from fans. But on the other side, players from other clubs really look forward to playing there, but without the pressure. Yeah. So it's actually like, <laughs> a, you know. And why? Because they why... expect to win. Well, well there's no, no they, pressure they, 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 they expectation. Yeah. They don't really and care. Perhaps that's why... Like, if you flip that as well, because Thurston says he, he absolutely hates playing at Leichhardt, because he, he's never won there. And perhaps that's the same thing, like, that pressure of having to win at Leichhardt, which sure. he has before, it all became too much, and that's why he never quite got there. So you're relieved. Oh, I'm oh, loving life. It's just... <laughs> well, oh, I hope... I feel like, I feel like I'm like a retired cop or something, you know? Like, I haven't got to worry about the stress <laughs> of the streets anymore. Well, I hope... Hang on, but... It's not over till it's over, right? You might be a Danny Glover-style situation where you're two days to retirement, <laughs> and then something crazy happens, you know? So, like, oh, what was the name of... um? Who was the guy that played Sibowitz in NYPD Blue? Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Franz. Dennis yeah, Dennis. Yeah, yeah, now, was he also played a similar type character in the Michael Douglas Falling Down movie, where, he, where Michael Douglas went... A little bit crazy. Uh, you might. Are you thinking of Die Hard Two? No, no, no. Michael falling down. It's falling down. Michael. I know falling down. Yeah. Everyone knows falling down. Yeah. Because <laughs> they read the burgers. <laughs> no. So or maybe uh, a Sipwitz looking like character play uh, right. was in that exact same scenario. He was, that was he, he was supposed to retire the following day. Right. And then the whole Michael Douglas thing. Yeah. Made him want to stay and be a cop. So right. maybe the Tigers can be the Michael Douglas, the crazy Michael Douglas in this scenario, and whip up some sort of frenzy within me. To keep me hanging on. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And you just listened to the most tortured metaphor (laughs) we've come up with so far in this series. I don't want breakfast. I want lunch. (laughs) I don't want to look like what it looks like in that picture. (laughs) Well, let's push on with more round reflections while we're going. Uh, I'm just going to throw a very brief one out there uh, because it's, it's the main thing in my head thinking about this round. Like, how in the name of Beelzebub's danglies are you meant to be able to tip this bloody NRL competition? I reckon I've said this before as a round reflection, but, you know, it's even more current now, so I retract my previous one, <laughs> and I'm placing it here. What the hell? Canberra beating the Roosters. I know. The that... only thing that could have made that game better was if Canberra had lost. Just yeah. so you could see the, the Ricky Stewart. Uh, like yeah, it was a very Stewart unfunny antics. performance by yeah. Canberra. Like, they yeah, won. It was. It was yeah. clinical almost. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly run out of comedy at season's end. <laughs> Bloody Bulldogs? Like, yeah. what yeah. is... Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who do they think they are? Yeah. No one in my tipping comp got more than four this week. That's, that that's right? unheard of. Well, I mean, that's a good sign. It's a good sign of a strong, even competition. Am I right? 
Oh, you're right. You're so. right, but can we can we have these kind of games early in the season? This is the end of the season. What you want? You want to get eight out of eight every week? What a, what a boring! <laughs> what a boring no, competition no, no. that'll be. No, no, no. I, I just don't want these at the end of the season. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Anyway, are you by any chance? Are you in line to win the tipping competition? I was before this, not win, but I was gonna. I, I was a mathematical <laughs> chance to scrape into third oh, before this weekend. <laughs> well, it's all about mathematical chances. It's That's true. why. He's, this guy here, Big Al's kidding himself that the Tigers aren't a mathematical chance. Anyway. I never said that they're, they're definitely a mathematical chance, but like, mate, it's not going to happen. Come on, let, right. me, let me just enjoy my retirement. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm over tipping. That's my round reflection. My reflection it centers around the Manly versus Gold Coast game on a couple of levels. First of all, uh, I want to talk about the power of the halftime spray. So <laughs> we know that the Gold Coast put in a great second half performance yeah. after a terrible first half performance. And you know we're in an age of sports science and painstaking analysis where every facet of performance is measured to the nth degree with the goal of getting the very best out of every player at the exact moment that it's required. Yet, still, for most effectiveness, nothing beats a crazy man screaming things. <laughs> I mean, this is... Is this... This is absolutely true. Well, is there's like... one very good example from the weekend. Which is? Well, didn't Jim Dimmick tell Fafita he wasn't yeah, running exactly. hard enough? Crazy man <laughs> screaming things. Garth Brennan at halftime, just yelled a few expletives, and all of a sudden, the Titans turn it around. Yeah. I've often wondered about the halftime spray. Like, mm. what do you think would be more powerful? So there, there's the halftime spray, which is just all about energy right yeah. at you. Or like the, the sort of slow, reflective, all right, fellas... How did that feel? <laughs> Tell me. Guys, how does that feel? I'm disappointed. One oh, of those yeah, how, yeah, exactly. How does that feel? Do you like, do you like that? Do you want that continuing? Or, or would you like to stand up and play like the team that we've been all year? Tell mm. me. How, you know. This is a good question. I mean, but I just thought it was interesting because I, I heard that there'd been a massive spray by, by Garth Brennan at half time. And I just thought to myself, wow, in this day and age where they really look at everything to the nth degree and measure every metric and performance indicator yeah. that... Why, why bother when you can just scream at people? Well, yeah. But it's also relying on, on you know, everybody being of the same personality type in your yeah, team true. To, to react positive, positively to that. You might have a lot of contrary people who say, well, if that's the way he feels, I'm not playing hard That's true. And I suppose you want to save up your sprays to only, like, one or two per year. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, if you do it every week. Effect, yeah. 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 Maybe if, if the spray has that, has that effect. You know, there's always complaints about trainers spending too much time on the field. Yeah, maybe it's because they're, you know, giving a bit of a spray just behind players. Oh, okay. Oh, use that to sort of little, little Alfie Lane yeah, go. Yeah. What are they doing? You guys are bludgeoning. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that part of that game, and the other part is obviously it brings to mind the coaching dramas that are going on with Trent Barrett, you know, quitting Manly and well, supposedly allegedly. And it, you get to think that if you're a CEO of a club that's looking for a coach. You'd really think twice about whether you want Trent Barrett, even though he's a good coach, no doubt about it. Mm. But really, he's really shown himself to, to be someone who puts the, per- the perception of his coaching ability above everything else and, and possibly above the club and the team. I mean, that's what I've found from this in terms of Trent Barrett. He's more worried about how he looks as a coach than what's going on with the club. Possibly. But surely he knew. That might be a bit of a harsh take on it, though. Yeah, what are you basing this on? I'm intrigued. Well, Please. the fact that he's he's quitting. But, but for, me, and I'm, looking for a, a, a better job, clearly. Like, let's all let, let's all like read between the lines here. Hmm. He's quitting because he wants to go to Penrith. Because sure, yeah, like 
I don't, it, well, isn't he quitting also because... Did, well, you were angry last week about Ivan Cleary perhaps quitting to go to Penrith. Well, yeah, no, I, I think that that's, like, bad and everything, but I, I just don't understand how that... What that, how that affects your theory that it, it changes. He's worried about his perceived coaching rather than his well, actual he's, he's worried because Manly are not going super this year, that it's going to affect his value as a coach. Mm. In, for a, he wants to be a career coach, and so he wants, he wants out ASAP so it doesn't affect his market value. Mm. Which, if I'm a CEO, I'm thinking, well, what, things inevitably go wrong at a club, and so when they do... This guy is just going to walk out because he's going to be worried about his next he, contract. But do you think he's, he's a, he wants out? Do you think if this jo- if the the job offer that everyone is assuming is there mm. was not there from Penrith, he'd still be asking to leave? Uh, well, I, I just thought the motivation of... for his quitting was that there's a you know the job that he actually wanted when when he left is now available. Well, in this day and age, there are plenty of there are plenty of vacancies every at the end of every year, mm. and he's shown himself to be a, a good a assistant coach and a good head coach. Uh, but now he seems to be worried. That that perception might be framed. No, no, I just, I just don't think that's very. I just don't know where you're getting it from. Well, wasn't I, it? I thought it was more that. Um, speaking of inevitability, mm. that he inevitably had a falling out with Bob Fulton, as Bob Fulton inevitably has falling out <laughs> with anyone who comes remotely near him in that manly club. Yeah, I mean, I thought Bozo, Bozo had uh, sort of stepped back over the last year or two, but I'm not sure. I mean, mm. the thing is about Manly, they haven't had money. They've been a, a poor club. For a long time now, sure they've got a sugar daddy in Sean. What's his name? Sean Penn. Penn. The Penn family. Not Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. <laughs> Not Sean Penn. Some guy called maybe, Scott maybe, Penn. Maybe, maybe we could get Sean Penn. S in. Penn. Scott <laughs> Penn. But that's. I mean, the reality is they've got. They're not flushed with funds, and this hasn't no, changed. No, like, and well, isn't their head office like demountables on like a exactly. Narrabeen reserve or well, something? That, like that was that. after DCE signed his contract <laughs> and, and had to sell all their assets. Which goes to my third reflection surrounding that game, talking about the fact that all this coaching drama has taken up all the oxygen, which has taken all the oxygen away from anyone talking about referees. And what's happened with referees over the last couple of weeks? They haven't gotten better or worse. They're still performing it well, in my opinion. Or badly in other people's yeah, opinion. Just unnoticed. Just unnoticed, which goes <laughs> to show all that stuff earlier in the year was just filler. So could it be then? So we always the 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 media like is an essential part of the game, but they need they always need to be fed something to, yeah. to create stories about, yeah. right? So because the player misbehaviour thing has been kept mm, in check very right. well, yeah. yeah. Bang! It's just hit on the referees. Yeah, and, exactly. yeah. And so but then the, the coaches' drama explodes up, and referees go. But we referees just... are your baseline default. Exactly. Yeah. If there's nothing better going on, then that's what you're doing. That's that's what's there. Exactly. You know. Mm. So I reckon all that referee clap chap throughout the year basically they had nothing better to talk about, and it was ninety percent filler. Yeah. Yep. And that's the problem, really, with modern day the media landscape. You know, it's all well and good to have a twenty four hour rugby league channel, but seriously, do we need it? Uh, do we? Uh, well, <laughs> yes, pretty sure we do. But I mean, you've got to fill space. The point is, there's a lot of space that needs to be filled, and it gets filled mostly, well, often with rubbish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. reflections. What mm. a week. All right. Well, let's go into the mailbag. Let's get it on. In a letter writing form. Tell me what's on your mind And I'll reply in kind Let's get expressive Let's get progressive It's PRL mailbag time 
Dan. Oh, friend of the mate. show. Hi, has Dan. got in contact again. Thank you, Dan. No question this time. It's a recommendation, actually, from Dan. Okay. Now, I don't know if we want to promote other podcasts on here, but, you know, let's be generous. All right. Uh, Dan says, Hi, guys. I'd just like to recommend you a podcast episode that will give info regarding Toronto and their future. The podcast is called Whippets and Flat Caps and is done by Will Perry, a BBC radio presenter, John Wilkin, St. Helens captain, and Mark Flanagan, a Salford player. And they talk to Brian Noble, who's the ex-Great Britain coach, who is now the director of rugby at Toronto. Uh, episode 25 is what you're looking for. So he's, he's right. telling us for all the Wolfpack fans out there who want um, want to hear yeah. stuff from the horse's mouth, go find that episode. Well, well let me say, Dan, thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to... <laughs> <laughs> this is the place where yeah, you get all your Wolfpack. Actually, I mean, yeah. who else went to Big Al's house on the weekend in his robe and watched Toronto Wolfpack game at 4.30am. It, yeah. it was Big Al and me. I mean, that's that's all you need to know. Why go to the horse's mouth and hear what's happening when you can hear our progressive flavoured conjecture? <laughs> that's right. We <laughs> just, you know, we'll just speculate. Yeah. We'll be close to the truth. <laughs> well, thank you, thank Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And then, you know, the, more activity on Twitter this week. Um, and, Jono, there was a particular comment that you uh, wanted to bring to our attention? Yeah, so everyone knows, you must know by now, that this week we've got a really special episode coming up. It's called Rugby League Book Club, where we'll be discussing the great The Forbidden Game by Mike Rylance. And so I was just letting the Twitter followers know that that's coming up. And we got a response by a guy called TRF Commenter, who I think is an Irishman, who said, uh, are there any books on the Irish influence on rugby league in the north of England? The amount of Irish names always strikes me when I watch a Super League game. And I did a, a cursory Google search, and I think the rugby league hipster, our friend in England, also made a search. We couldn't find anything. But uh, it got me thinking. I mean, there's a gap in the market for Irish-related rugby league books. I'm thinking, I don't know, uh, Luke Ricketson, World Cup Diary 2008, <laughs> uh, Brian Carney's Year at the Knights with Andrew Johns. Did he, did, he, was it a, did, he, did he ever take the field, Brian Carney? Yeah, yeah. Did he he, have a, no, he was good. He was really good okay. at the Knights, yeah. And he was playing at the Andrew Johns era, so there must be stories there. And anything else that comes to mind for a um, Irish-related rugby league? Yeah, well, they book? have West Tigers' favourite son, Pat Richards, playing for the Irish... Oh, did he play for Ireland? He, he did play for Ireland, oh, yeah. Ireland. Some people think Scotland, but no, actually Ireland. <laughs> um, well, that'd be very good. Yeah, yeah, I'd, 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 you know, I'd love to read that. Oh, there are a number of... Uh, I, I think Liam Neeson trialled for the Roosters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the early 80s. But if there are any... Irish rugby league books that we may have missed. Uh, yeah, please get in touch with us. How do we? How do people get in touch with us? Like, we usually buy Twitter. I'm not going to bother with the <laughs> <laughs> with the email address because why? Well, because we we offered a book to somebody who sent us an email last week, and no one bothered. Well, no one even. Know, but you know what that means? Obviously, the book wasn't good enough, so we need to sweeten the deal. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, book, the book alone wasn't good enough. So that, that was the, the first is... book I ever read. <laughs> Sturlow, Story of a Champion. Well, maybe you should offer to autograph it, perhaps. Okay, oh, I'll autograph it. John O'Duncan signed Peter Sterling autobiography. <laughs> yeah, not signed by Peter Sterling. Uh, and you know what? I'll chuck in a, a, a random '80s edition of Big League magazine that I bought off Steve. Mascord, uh, hang eBay. on. Why? Why are we? Why are we giving? Why are we piling on for people to write us an email? Someone might write us, "Hey, dickheads," <laughs> and then that's it. They've qualified for no, two books. No, they have to 
say something constructive, po- you know, hopefully positive. Yeah. And or you know, give us some sort of insight into yeah. their thoughts on rugby league. And if in the in the interest of building out our audience, if they don't recommend our podcast to ten friends by next Thursday, then they'll have bad luck forever. Yeah. This is an awful so, lot chain of, letter. This is an awful lot of work to be checking up on people by us. Um, on that point about the Irish, the, the stories on um, Irish influences on mm. rugby league. Uh, there is actually a documentary about Welsh rugby league. Yes. That I've. Um, I've stumbled across a couple of times. It pops up in our Twitter feed all the time. Yep. It's called Rugby Code Breakers. Code Breakers. It was on the BBC, like back in March, I think. Um, and they're going to show it again in the lead up to the Challenge Cup. Yeah, um, we can't watch it here in Australia because it's geo-blocked. <sighs> but I'm sure we can find a way to watch it. Mm. But apparently, it, uh, it's pretty good. T- very good. Tells the story of um, uh, Irish, Welsh uh, rugby union players that uh, broke away mm. to join a league, and of course were shunned by the, the rugby union community. Shut out of their clubhouses. Um, and it also shows like Gary Schofield. Yep. It also shows how I don't know about that. It also shows how <laughs> minorities were welcomed by rugby league when they were shunned yep. by the union. Yep. And Yet another example yep. of such things. Progressive rugby league. Slug with gal and me, we like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby fatigues. Uh, all right, International Rugby League time. So let's get right into it because we know there is a lot of action happening That's right. uh, across the big old blue. So we'll start at the top with the Super League. Catalan, they had a nasty loss to Wigan where they got absolutely smacked 36-6. Uh, at so, home. Uh, I don't really want to dwell on that because we've already gone about how, you know, Super 8's Dragons probably aren't really going to do anything. It's not a game of consequence. And they have got a massive game mm. coming up next week in the Challenge Cup, which we'll get to in a bit, I suppose. But it is a, it is a bit uh, of disappointment. Obviously, they've got nothing to play for in the Super 8's and they're putting all the eggs into the Challenge Cup basket. Mm. But they have lost the last couple of games, like 96-12 to 12 on <laughs> aggregate. So it's hard. It's hard. You're trying to fill Wembley. But, you know, those results... Hashtag Phil Wembley. Let's Phil Wembley, yeah. Those results don't exactly help, but I'm sure everyone realises that they're putting all their eggs into the Challenge yeah. Cup basket, but hey. So, what's the what's the bird factor like? So, he he's not playing because he's been injured, is that correct? No, or suspension. He, suspension. So, yep. is that, does, was that suspension lifted in time for the Challenge Cup? No, I believe he's out of the Challenge Cup. So, there's no bird. No I'm hoping uh, drink water is... is Fighting fifth. Fully hydrated, I believe. We will need a 100% drink water factor in that game if they don't have any chance. Yeah, I mean, they did win the semi final without Greg Bird, so it's obviously doable. That was against St. Helens, the best team in the competition, yeah. so it's definitely doable. All right, we'll have to rely on the brilliance of Kenny Edwards then as well, right? Yep. Well, I mean, there's a couple of leg cramps in there, <laughs> yeah. maybe a head but cramp. How timely can those leg cramps be? Let's, let's just see yeah, how, that's right. how much he can be perfect that. It'll be interesting to see what the what crowd they get though at Wembley. What's the capacity at Wembley? Uh, it's like eighty five or something. Oh, and what's the standard Challenge Cup file? It usually gets like fifty or sixty. No, no, no. They usually pretty much fill it. What? They usually pretty much fill it. So they're worried if you you know look at the Twitter sphere, they're worried oh, that it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna be filled because of like you know the Catalans fans don't really travel. Yeah, and travel. So look, we we need to expand the game, and I hope this is not uh, ammo for people who don't want the game expanded. And, you know, let's hope there's a big crowd so we can say, hey, even when Catalan make it, you can still feel Wembley. If only it was not too late to start a Kickstarter mm. to get the PRL over to, to the Challenge Cup. Oh. I just don't think we've got the time. Because we could round up three some people. bums on seats would be just... 
what's required to tip it over, right? That's right. Yeah. What else happened anyway. over the weekend? Uh, so we'll move into the qualifiers. So, I mean, that is really the bread and butter of the PRL. We're right into it. So we'll go through each result, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, so we'll start with Toronto. Disappointing loss to the boys at Hull KR, 22-28. to Now, this was a game that Jono and I got to watch live at 4.30 in the morning that on was- a cold... Cold, cold Sunday. So you were so, wearing your Toronto Wolfpack jersey. I was. I have a Toronto Wolfpack jersey. It was. It was nice to be able to wear it uh, in an appropriate environment. And so I was you wearing had, my robe. You had a knock on your door at what time? Four. What, four. Four fifteen. Yeah, something like that. You open the door. What do you see? Well, I see Jono in his robe. Yeah. <laughs> Describe the robe. I think people want to hear uh, what this robe sounds like. Thick. Brown. Sounds like, looks like. It's not brown. Yeah. It was dark. It's grey. Oh, grey. Sorry. It's fleecy. Uh, corduroy. <laughs> Uh, no, I think Valua, yeah, 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 yeah. and I had like a a, a rope belty thing. Rope yeah. belt, yeah, yeah. I've got to keep myself secure. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, luckily, he was fully clothed underneath the rope. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> but look, it was a good game. I, I, like Toronto were leading into the second half. They got they got ahead sixteen fourteen after trailing at half time. Uh, but you know the power of Tim Sheens. Well, uh, really, the whole uh, twenty-eight to twenty-two, Hull scored two tries off intercepts. That's right. So I, I think I, my takeaway from that game was like, if Toronto want to succeed in this tournament, yeah, they need to play smart. And I know that sounds like a really generic like yeah. thing to say, but it just seemed like they weren't focused on actually winning, and they were maybe a bit too excited. Maybe they wanted to do it a little bit the easy way. Right. Well, um, yeah, a couple of things. My reflection on that game was. I would have liked to have seen more out of the Australian players than I was expecting more out of the Australian players. Mm. Uh, you had your Ashton Sims, Josh McCrone, Josh McCrone, Jack Buchanan. Well, yeah, and Chase Stanley. And I just thought to myself, these these guys, they've played in a competition that is like like clearly one or two steps above what mm. they were playing. I just feel like they were going back and playing to the level that they were found themselves in rather than playing to the level they can So they were playing play West Tigers style. <laughs> That's right. Only uh, to the ability of their opponent. But, I mean, in saying that, you've got to give a Toronto a break. They played, theoretically, one of the better Super League sides in the Super 8s. So they only lost by six points. And like you said, there were a couple of tries against the run of play. So theoretically, it's a good sign. They should have the wood over the other qualifiers, uh, championship teams, sorry. And you'd think, you know, Witness is a, a game they can win and possibly Salford and Leeds as well. They, they definitely, definitely have the team that can beat those teams. Yeah, definitely not panic stations at all. But and you're not going to have um, tries scored off intercepts two games in a row, surely? Well... Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> so it was a good game. Yeah. Really enjoyed watching. It was definitely a worthwhile exercise. Um, I was really happy that it was at a... Uh, like, oh, accessible is probably too, um, too generous a term, but it was at a... A time when it you could be conscious it wasn't completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. Although when the alarm went off at four a.m. <laughs> on Saturday, like on a Sunday morning, I was like, what, what, "What's wrong with you? I think I think you seriously have a problem." Although, kudos should go to Jono because he's the one that made more effort. He actually had to leave his house. That's right. And come over, rented a car. <laughs> just to watch. I did rent a car. I don't have a car, ladies and gentlemen. So I rented a, a car. That's right. Uh, all right, moving on. I to lose. Big winners over Halifax, yes. twenty-eight to six. Wow. So, significance about this is that this almost turns around to losers' um, points differential from negative twenty-six to just negative four now, which is a real boost for them in terms of the the rankings, uh, the, the overall rankings in the table that qualifies. So, great win there. Yeah. And uh, to lose uh, for all reports, we didn't get to watch it, but they played happy rugby league as they always do. Oh. 
I mean, they That's what we want to hear. <laughs> the French, they love rugby league, don't they? Um, so, outside of the international update, we'll just keep it in the qualifiers. We'll go through all games. So, Salford and Widners. Yep. Uh, Salford defeated Widners 32-6. to uh, And then my poor London Broncos went down to Leeds 48-32. to So, a high-scoring game. But, of course, <laughs> I think a bit, bit of a championship score. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> They, they they scored the last four tries, believe it or not. They, they lost 48-32 and scored the last four tries. So yeah. there you go. So, Good signs. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through uh, we'll go through the rankings. So in from one to eight, we've got Salford surprisingly out in four, uh, on first. Uh, Leeds, Toronto, and Toulouse ran out the top four, and then it's Hull, London, Witness, and Halifax in the bottom four. Uh-huh. It's very tight, as you'd imagine. It's very this tight. Early yeah. on. Anything could happen. Yeah, but it does seem to me like Leeds are the alpha team. They seem to be doing quite well. Yeah. Although we'll see what happens when they come up against the Wolfpack. That's right. Well, they've only, they've only played two championship teams so yep. far. So. Yep. And uh, from my all accounts, uh, Widners are duds. <laughs> they don't seem to be doing too well. I don't know if Halifax is doing worse, but they're a championship team. So, so talk us through seeing the Wolfpack. Yeah. We've talked about them all oh, season. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a bit about how you were feeling watching them in the flesh. Well, it was exciting to see it. You've, we've read about it a lot, and just to see Lamport Stadium uh, live. You know, I think Sky Sky Sports went there for the first time, and you know, I thought it was a good scene. It seemed to be a good crowd, lots of colour, lots of excitement. Yeah, we couldn't quite work out if if the surface was natural or if it was astroturf okay. or not. Um, looks, looks very astroturfy well, to me. It did look. Per- very perfect, I exactly. suppose. And there were, you, if you're paying attention to the Twitter sphere, there were a lot of line markings on the field as well, which <laughs> drew the ire of, of some fans. Yeah. Well, you don't want line markings. No. Well, you don't want that. But look, overall, I thought it was a, a great occasion. Yeah. The one, the, the big disappointment for me was uh, they didn't televise the hot dog cannon at halftime. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming it was there because it's been a fixture all season yeah. and I was really looking forward to seeing it. What that. about um, the Tim Sheens factor? Like, there's Tim Sheens. One of the great coaches of all time, coaching Hull KR, didn't get one shot of them. No, Come on, yeah. Sky Sports Rugby League. Yeah, and I don't think Hull KR, I don't think Lamport Stadium would have had a, a sophisticated in the sky coach's box. He would have been on the sideline, yeah, surely. Exactly. Even, yeah. even in the NRL, Sheen's he coached from the sideline. I don't even know what Sheen's looks like these days. I just wanted to see that he's all right. Is he keeping well? Tim, if you're listening, yeah. let us know. Send a photo. Have you got a beard these days, like like the 90s? <laughs> Who can figure that was That was, yeah. That was crystal, he he did beers before they were cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Shinzi. Uh, all right, moving on. So we'll take a look at the next round of the qualifiers. So, of course, they take a break for the Challenge Cup, yep. which happens this weekend. Uh, hashtag let's fill Wembley. Go, you dragons. Uh, so next up, we've got Leeds versus Hull. Toulouse versus Witness. Toronto versus the Broncos. And then Halifax and Salford. So yeah, it's all looking good. Every game is meaningful. Every game is big. Every game has... Consequence. That's the one. Yeah. What else is going on in International Rugby League? Uh, so, uh, some more updates from the US of A. We have got the the USA Rugby League Grand Final between conference champions the Jacksonville Axemen and the Brooklyn Kings at the University right. of Florida. So that's also happening on August the 25th. So a big day for Rugby League. You've got the Challenge Cup. And you've also got the USA uh, final as well. Have we That's mentioned exciting. Brooklyn Kings before? I'm not sure. I was across the Brooklyn Kings. No, no, no. I, I spent a good deal of time going through uh, all of the teams in the USA right. RL. Oh, Brooklyn Kings. Brooklyn That's Kings, exciting. Yeah. I wonder if are they the Newtown Jets equivalent, like the hipster? Because Brooklyn's a very hipster area of New York. I wonder if they have like yeah, a maybe. hipster following. I, I always thought the hipster or like the cool team would be the Boston 13s. Yeah, right. Just because I like that name. <laughs> I don't think and Kings, you're cool. Kings and is a very yeah. progressive mascot. Well, they spell it with a Z at the end. 
Oh, oh. no, they don't really. <laughs> oh, they should. Yeah. They do now. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's being played at the University of Florida. Uh, no broadcasts, no live broadcasts, unfortunately, but I'm pretty sure it'll be out on Facebook. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. So everybody tune in for that one. And there was also a State of Origin-style international between Northern Ireland and Ireland. I don't mm. know if you saw this. And I believe Northern Ireland have beaten Ireland in their inaugural State of Origin or Country of Origin <laughs> battle. Uh, they won two games to love. So is that State of Origin or is that, just, is that an international test? It sounds like, yeah. Well, I don't know how it works in the UK there. It should be County of Origin, well, surely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they are states, whether they're countries or not. Like, Australia is is a nation state. Mm, yeah. So Ireland is a, obviously a country and a nation state. Northern Ireland is... How, do that, how does that work with Scotland and Wales? Mm. Are they actual countries? I don't know how it works. Well, Scotland's a country. Well, they're countries. Yeah, but they're, they're part of the UK as a country. The yeah. UK is a country. Does Scotland have its own parliament? Yeah, it does. Yes. But, there you go. but it's a piss-weak parliament. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway... Good update. Yeah, so uh, that ends the international update on a really weird note. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> harsh indictment of uh, Scottish, Scottish politics. Progressive moments of the week, guys. Uh, I'm going to throw one out there very fast because, uh, well, it's just purely to mention the Auckland Nines have disbanded. Have right. officially disbanded. They're not a part of next season. Okay. Now the reason that's progressive. It's because it opens the door for sevens. That's Return the one. Of sevens. Yeah, oh where I was going. So that's uh, we consider sevens much more exciting and therefore progressive than nines. Yeah. So I, I see that as a doorway, a doorway to mm. excitement and progressiveness. I, I would love for that to be the case. I've got a feeling though they're just putting their eggs in the international nines basket because aren't they going to do an international nines tournament at the end of next year? Well, they are. I've read about it. So that's, uh, un- look, let's hope they change it to a sevens. Or an eights. I'll be happy with an eights. <laughs> Just not nines. <laughs> not nines. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about, what about a, a mix of old and new? Mm. Have a Panasonic Cup style sevens comp. Oh, yeah. Pre-season. Love it. Instead of boring friendlies yeah. or warm-up matches, no, no one's got a stake in, maybe not Panasonic. Are, do, are they even around anymore? Yeah, they're yeah. around. All right. What, Palsonic? Yeah, so so stu- hey, I think we're a bit better than that. <laughs> Stump up some money, get a competition going. Yeah, because we want consequence. There's no consequence to warm up matches. No, no, they bore me. Yeah, I know. I know. I've asked this before, but in 2004, the, the Tigers won the Global Series of something. Mm. Now, was it sevens or was it nine? That was sevens. That was no, sevens. Okay, so we did have, we did have sevens back then. Yeah. So what happened to it? How come that was acceptable 14 years ago? I don't know, Not mate. now. People like whinging about injuries and things like that. Like you know in, what it's like. So is, is the risk of injury higher in sevens than it is in nines? I'd say it's higher in nines because you've got high chance of being tackled. More collision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I can't explain it. I say bring it back. All right. Well, everyone knows where we stand. Yeah. So. What's your moment, Big Al? Uh, so, press release today, the Indigenous All-Stars game is back, and as a sweetener, it's the World All-Stars has been scrapped, and we've got the New Zealand Maori All-Stars, so it's going to be a, an actual... I think this is a great move by the game, because before, you couldn't really... I mean, the, the, the World All-Stars, you couldn't really get behind them, and you didn't really want them to beat the, to beat the Indigenous. There was no, you know, sure. no intensity between the rivalry. Yeah. These is actually two teams... That communities can get behind and yeah. actually create, and they're uh, both passionate yeah. about their cultures, yeah. obviously. Whereas, like, it's hard to be passionate about 
you know, the world. I'm representing the well, world. Well, yeah, you don't like, oh, I hope the world all-stars beat, yeah, like, beat the indigenous all-stars. There's, there's nothing really there. Like, it was, a yeah. great, it was a great game. Like, it was a great thing sure. to sort of get your footy fixed before the season started. But I think it's just, this is taking what was a fantastic concept to another level, and it's an amazing idea, and I'm really happy that the game's doing yeah, it. It's a good Sounds one. good to me. And it's, being, it's going to be held in Melbourne as well, which oh, I think is another good idea. That's a great idea. So, yeah. right. uh, look, my moment of the week came from the great Toulouse Olympic once again. And like you said, Big Al, they played Happy Rugby League. And the highlight for me was an unbelievable try. It's being touted on the Twistsphere as a try of the season, right? Mm. This was a try that turned defence into attack. Halifax were on the attack in the opposition 20. They spilled the ball. And then the ball was passed out wide to, I think, Chris Centroni, the Toulouse centre, who made his way from one sideline on his own 20-metre line to the opposite corner, beating eight or nine defenders on the yeah. way. Wow. Incredible try. And just to look at that vision and watch the Toulouse Olympic fans go crazy mm. was a heartwarming occasion for me. So that's my parallel moment of the week. Love yeah. it. That's it. Lovely. All right. Well, that's us done for another week. That's uh, all the progressive tidbits we can offer you at this time. Join us next week for our very first PRL Book Club episode. Thanks very much, gentlemen, and bye all. See ya. See ya. In Rugby League We Trust.